Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com slash essential. That's E-P-I-C-O-R dot com slash essential. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Welcome to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features Kim Frederick. Kim is a sales for non-salespeople specialist, a speaker, and an author. She helps businesses grow by improving their sales. The part of Boost that she addresses during our conversation is obtain more qualified leads. Let's listen in. Hey, Kim, welcome to the Boost podcast. It's so good to be here. Yes, yes. It is so good to have you on the line. I know we recently had an opportunity to connect and just catch up. And when I heard about all the great things that you were working on to just really help the business community around the whole uh, sales and sales cycle and, you know, and, and helping to break down some of the anxiety that some of us may be experiencing that in that area, I thought, wow, I want to bring you on the show. So for those who are listening to the podcast and have no earthly idea of who you are and what you do, give us sort of uh, just an overview of your background and, and the work that you do. Sure. Um, well, it's, it's kind of two-parted. I mean, but the bottom line is that I help small businesses achieve their sales and revenue goals, especially for those people. Like you said, there are so many people who have hangups around sales and selling And, you know, it's still, even now, it still has that icky sort of reputation. And people are like, do I have to? Do I really have to sell? (laughs) Well, yes, actually you do. So I do a couple of things. I I actually do selling for some of my clients um, because they say, really, can you do that? And I say, yeah, I can. That helps them get to where they want to go a whole lot faster. And for those who are a little more interested in taking it on board themselves or maybe not quite ready to outsource, then I help them feel more comfortable with sales and selling and and more confident too. Wow. You asked me about my background. That's probably important. Yeah. No, I've been in sales and marketing for over 20 years now, which makes me sound really old. But what that really means is that I understand that connection between a person who's having a problem and the person who solves that problem for them. That's really what selling is. Wow. So it's funny. I had to laugh when you were like, oh, 20 years, that makes me sound old. You know, the way that you get around that is you say two decades and then it's oh, like, yeah, I like that better. two sounds smaller than 20. So it's like, but then when you add decades, it's like, it makes me sound more seasoned when I say decades. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's, that's, that's a fine line to walk, isn't it? Where you want people to understand that you have experience and expertise, but you know, you're not over the hill. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, I think 
to that point in terms of being over the hill, I think there's some industries that regardless of, you know, it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, there's some into like the industry, like selling, there really hasn't been a whole lot that changed. Aren't the fundamentals, the fundamentals kind of, or no? Well, I'm, you know, actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because yes and no, there has been a movement recently to say, oh, you know, you don't need to do outbound selling. When I I talk about outbound selling, that's actually proactively reaching out to those people that are having the problem that you solve. And there's been a movement and it's been, I think, led by some of the big software providers that are yeah, like HubSpot and other CRM providers like that. Mm-hmm. It's called All About Inbound. And mm-hmm. so this idea that people are so, or sales is so distasteful, well, just don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. we then turn it all into focus on marketing and let people call you because nobody wants to be disturbed at home during dinner time, right? So there's been this movement that inbound is all you need to do. And that means you get out there and you use social media and you do PR and you do marketing and people will call you and then you can sell to them. Great. I would argue that that's only part of the equation. You, if you really truly want to be successful, you do need some of that. You do also need a good referral process mm-hmm. and you also need outbound sales. That's how you are truly successful. So the outbound selling part, yeah, that is still basically the same. The people Mm -hmm. that have been successful in sales throughout history are the ones who do exactly what I said. They come from a place of service Mm -hmm. and they connect their solution to the person who's having a problem, the right problem. They're not making people buy things they don't want or don't need. Mm -hmm. Those people have in the past had the opportunity to be successful, but only once. Mm. because when somebody buys something they don't want or they don't need and they feel bad about it and maybe they don't enjoy that experience they're not going to repurchase they're not going to tell their friends about it they're not going to allow that that product or service to continue to be successful and be sold to more people so selling in terms of the basis of it doing a good thing for somebody that is the same as it always has been. And I, I like to think of it as something no more or no less than that. There doesn't need to be any tricks and there doesn't need to be that pushy unpleasant stuff that people associate with sales. In fact, you're more successful when you don't do those things. Mm. Interesting. So I love what you said about um, outbound sales. I'm a big believer. Like I think outbound sales is one way that if you're really laser focused in the type of client, your ideal, your best yes, it can better position you to sort of identify and then start building relationship with great intention as opposed to inbound where it's like, okay, now I feel like I need to almost like be even more intentional around qualifying to see, okay, do I even really want to do business with you? Because I don't really... Mm -hmm you you're coming to me as opposed to me coming to you well and you're absolutely right about that when you contact someone on an outbound basis in an, an intense in an intentional way as you just described you have much more control over that mm-hmm. and you control what level that person can purchase from you at if someone calls you and they already have in mind what they think the solution is mm-hmm. your opportunity to influence that 
is lower. Mm -hmm. And you then become just really an order taker. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so and, I, and I actually talk to my clients about that sometimes, where I've had a situation where I had somebody exactly like that, who was very, very technical. She wasn't a salesperson. Um, she was an engineer. And she needed to be for the product she was selling. But what was so funny was she would have people call her and say, um, I need blah, blah, blah. And can you do that for me? And I need it by blah, blah, blah time. And she'd say, oh, okay, yep. And let me get some pricing for you. And then I said, okay, but listen, what happens if actually when you ask some questions and you discover that what they really need is this and you were prepared to just tell them that, which is 10 times less. Mm. In, in value. You've just taken their order when the opportunity for what the real problem was, was a whole lot bigger. Wow. So because you mentioned, and, and because I happen to know, because you talk, you talk to enough people, you find out that there is this trend that people feel like sales is icky. How did you find yourself being so passionate about something that the masses find to be a bit... <laughs> Well, you know, actually, uh, that, that's a great question because there was a time when I thought selling was a little icky too. And I was like, I don't want to sell something for somebody else. And then, well, here's, here's the funny story. When I was looking for a way to return to the work world after I'd been home with my small family, my young family, I was like, okay, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a marketing agency for women business owners. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a short while. And in the time as I was working with my very first few clients, I discovered that marketing had changed beyond all recognition in the time I was out of the workforce. You know, this thing called digital happened. Yeah. And while the tenets of marketing are the same, the way marketing works now is kind of beyond me. It's analysis based and it's all about analytics and yeah. monitoring this and monitoring that. So I was like, okay, no, clearly this is not going to be my thing. And I had the opportunity to work with a business coach mm -hmm. um, and in one phone call, and I talked to her about this and she said, well, wait a minute. She said, why aren't you doing something around sales? She said, people need help with sales, especially women. And I said, well, really? Oh, yes. She said, and, and she said, by the way, when you talk about sales, your tone of voice changes completely. That's ah. totally what you need to be doing. And I had no idea. And I think it comes from, this very strong, and you've identified it, very firm belief that selling is really at its heart about serving. Yeah. And it shouldn't be icky. Right. And so actually, in the few years now since I've been doing this, I feel a little bit like I'm on a crusade to uh -huh. convince business owners that selling isn't icky. Right. And that when, when you approach it from that perspective, it changes completely. Yeah. But don't you think a lot of that has to do with a person's, like if you're really super passionate and if you believe in whatever product or service it is that you're providing. So number one is believing in that product or service, but then also do you believe that that product or service can support or serve, meet a need that the person has? Because I might be, be all jazzed about what I've got, but if you, if it's not going to fit your need, then that's where it kind of this anxiety, because then it feels like I'm just trying to see what's going to stick. And perhaps right. it's more self-serving than it is for, for me to think of the other person's need. 
Well, there's actually a whole bunch of stuff in what you just said. One is, is that um, a, a business owner usually does have passion for whatever their product or service is, and they should. Right. And the really savvy ones are able to differentiate between this is for everybody mm-hmm. and the ones and, and, and then being able to say, no, actually, I solve this specific problem for these specific people. Mm-hmm. And when you have that match and you have a savvy business owner who can say, my product really is amazing for these people. Now I need to go find those people. And now I can be passionate about what it is that I can help them do or help them achieve. Um, and the ickiness comes from feeling like they're going to be rejected. Mm. Um, I think that's the basis of it. And I actually have a client who said this to me. She said, I'm okay talking to somebody if they call me. She said, but if I have to pick up the phone and call somebody, mm. I would rather have a root canal. She says, no way will I do that. And she is passionate about what she does. And she loves what she, she loves helping her clients. So mm. the problem comes where you think you're going to be rejected. And let's be honest, Kelly, selling is tedious. Yeah, it really is. And you need to be whatever you decide your activity is going to be, you have to do it consistently. Mm. And that may mean every day, it may mean you choose three hours a week, whatever it is that works for you in your business, but it must be consistent. And you got to keep on doing it. And you got to follow up. When you say, okay, someone says, call me in three months you need to call them in three months. They've given you permission to do so. Yeah. So a lot of business owners fall at that hurdle. They, they don't follow up appropriately. They give up too early. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also very common. And more to the point, they feel like they're going to be rejected. And yes, they will be. And again, I think the mindset of thinking, okay, this person said no, mm-hmm. but there are so many more people out there who do need my help. So I'm going to move on to the next person. Right. Well, and you said something really important about giving up too early because how do, how do you define what too early is? Because if I'm someone and I don't enjoy sales, I could very easily say, Oh, I tried two times. (laughs) They said, or they said not now, or they said, call me back, but maybe it's that person who's, you know, they're too, they're too nice to say, I'm just not interested. And, or you hear, hear this notion of no means not now. So you should never take no for an answer. Like there's all these different techniques that I think. There are. Well, and, and yes. And I actually love to ask this when I'm doing a speaking presentation, I will say to the audience, okay, how many times you've, you've submitted a proposal? How many times should you follow up? And I get people to call out, you know, I get two two times, three times, six times. Nobody ever gets anywhere near the actual number. I'm going to ask you, do you know what it is? If it's not near six times, I'm like, Ooh, I'm afraid to even. (laughs) Well, okay. So let me put it in a different, slightly different terms. You probably know this. You probably have heard, or you know, that it takes somewhere between 12 and 16 touches to close a sale. So if you think some of those are going to be marketing, mm-hmm. some of those are going to be sales, right? Yep. So when you look at it and you think, okay, so should you give up after two or three? Probably not. Right. What I advise my clients is you don't give up until you hear a no. 
So that doesn't mean that you call every day. It doesn't mean the e email every other day. Like mm -hmm. in that scenario that I described, you've submitted a proposal. So there's clearly been some touches to get to that point. Right. So what's important to understand is that you have no idea what's going on on the other side. Mm -hmm. And you've submitted a proposal and you're sitting waiting on tenterhooks and maybe that business has been bought or sold, right. or there's been a change in management, or there's been a death in your contact's family. Who knows, right? There are all sorts of reasons why they're not getting back to you. Priorities could have changed. Mm -hmm. So what I say to my clients is you want to keep on following up on a sort of decreasing schedule and, and, and that you, until you get some information that indicates either that there it's no, or they've had to put it on hold for now, or whatever allows you to say, okay, this is on hold for the moment. Mm -hmm. It does happen after you call and maybe you email and then maybe if it's appropriate, you drop in. We used to be able to do that. <laughs> and, and maybe you call again. And if you're still getting absolutely nothing and it's, you know, six months later and you've really given it your best shot, I think in those cases, it is okay to say, all right, this is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. However, if you've done your work properly up to that point mm -hmm. and you keep on being persistent, you'd be amazed what happens. Stuff goes dark for a long time sometimes, and then it just comes right back up. Gotcha. And I've got to laugh because you said stuff goes dark sometimes. And what our listening audience doesn't know is we're actually on Zoom, and so I can see Kim in this room in her basement and we're having this conversation and all of a sudden it's like dark because <laughs> my because my, my my yes I'm in my basement because we were having connectivity issues and in my laundry room where I am trying to hide from the rest of the family the lights on a timer <laughs> so it did go dark right as I said that <laughs> oh boy wow wow so Kim tell us more about um I know your your sort of your ideal client is a small business owner. Share with the listeners sort of how you support um, the small business community, like in sure. a nutshell. Well, so um, two ways. Um, like I had, think I mentioned right at the very beginning, one of the things that I do for small businesses that have been had some success and know that they have lots more potential to grow, but they just can't get to it because. Either they don't have time to do that regular consistent selling I was talking about, or they really just hate it. And so they don't do it either. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do is I actually become a part-time salesperson for my small business clients. And hopefully what we do is we work together to the point where they're large enough, they need to hire someone full-time. Mm -hmm. And then I say, I've just earn earned myself out of a job. And that's actually a happy day for everybody. That's one way. And the other way is if that's, if, if a small business isn't quite ready for that yet, then I do work with um, my small business clients, helping them understand how to have a sales conversation that is just a conversation, but managed, mm -hmm. connected to the questions you're going to be asking or connected to your unique selling proposition and how to do that and how to ask for business. It's amazing how many people can't ask for business. Mm. So we, co you know, I coach them through that. We, we sometimes work through the questions and we even sometimes write um, loose scripts. I never like people to use scripts because clients and customers don't stay on script, right. but just sort of an outline of how you might run a sales conversation. And mm. then we practice because just like any other skill, 
you need to practice to get better at it. Yeah. Awesome. And, I, and then if all of that is too much, then you can always just grab my book, which is on Amazon. And, and that kind of tells you everything that I just said <laughs> without the practice part and without the, me doing it for you. But it's called, um, if you can have a conversation, you can sell. And that really outlines how I think about sales and that connection between service and selling. And there's a lot of practical tips in there. And I've been told it's easy to read. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kim, if someone's listening in and they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for someone to reach out to you? You know, I, I love it when people call me actually, and um, you can phone me at 703-822-1928, or you can email me and it's Kim at Kim Frederick. I'll spell that because it's weird. It's F-R-E-D-R-I-C-H dot com. And you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I'm very active on LinkedIn, and I love to talk to people through that platform as well. Awesome. Well, Kim, this has been a great and enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for your time and for just sharing your thought leadership with the Boost, Linked, Boost community today. Well, I, I've really enjoyed your questions, Kelly. So I appreciate you asking those in such a thoughtful way. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great evening. Thanks. You too. Well, that concludes this episode of The Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost-related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com essential. That's E-P-I-C-O-R dot essential. 